This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. We have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. Well, welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and I'm talking to Tim Quinn. He's the CEO of ThingTech. Tim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, sir. Well, uh, thanks for having me, Tyler. Look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to chat just because I, I love uh, getting to read about ThingTech and uh, read, a, read a little bit more about what you do leading into the podcast. And so today we're talking IoT, we're talking enterprise asset management and route optimization and a lot more. Um, but, uh, you know, Tim, as we approach this topic, I think sometimes people think of technology as this thing that exists kind of in this uh, layer in the clouds that's up above our heads and that sort of thing and uh, don't necessarily know how to apply it to the nitty-gritty of what they do on an everyday basis. So let's just start off by talking about some of the tangible benefits for IoT and what some of the solutions are that that ThinkTech can bring to the table. Oh, absolutely, Tyler. So um, great, great question. We, you know, um, we, we take a, we look at uh, the IoT, and more specifically, we really look at the industrial IoT, um, and we we focus on this concept of the industrial IoT, um, and really um, look at solving problems around how do we process real time data from things out in the world, quote unquote things. Those would be vehicles, heavy construction equipment, power generators, uh, mobile workforce, but they're generating data now. The, the million dollar question, and uh, from an operations perspective of really solving real world problems is, how do we take all this data from all these things out in the world and process that, process that data? And when I say data, it's location data, utilization data, diagnostic data, uh, condition data. And when we process this data, we can start driving insights into real world um, values, such as how do we predict potential asset failures? How do we deploy and optimize the, the, the use of our assets that we have out in the field, whether it's a vehicle, construction equipment, or even our mobile workforce? How do we empower our mobile workforce, your technicians out in the world that are responsible for maintaining, operating, or inspecting that, those assets? How do we empower them to give them real-time data to make better decisions uh, and improve workflows and to uh, optimize how we're delivering services to our customers? Absolutely. So if I'm if I'm a company and I'm still using pencil and paper, you know, to uh, to track some of these things, um, or, or maybe I'm still just kind of stuck in some old ways of doing things, but I'm looking to modernize and I'm talking to to you guys at, at ThingTech. How do we approach that conversation? How do you approach that conversation? And how do you? What kind of questions are you asking to gauge the needs of a particular company? We're asking questions like, what types of equipment do you own and operate? And mm-hmm. we're asking questions about. Um, what are the biggest challenges you, you face right now in terms of how you maintain, manage, and operate those assets? And what are the issues that are impacting your both your top and your bottom line? And then we start talking about metrics around fuel consumption, theft, um, uh, utilization rates, equipment uptime, uh, capital planning, and capital replacement uh, um, schedules. And when we start asking these questions about um, you know where they're spending their their dollars and how they're leveraging those assets to improve or increase revenues revenues um, that's when we start digging in really really deep to say you know we really have uh, a solution that can can really uh, almost overnight solve these operational problems and do things like 
reduce the total uh, cost of ownership for your assets, extend the useful life of the assets or the equipment. Um, and then really uh, the, the, the biggest value is how do we use those assets or deploy those assets more smartly by combining the historical data that we've captured and then layering in some predictive analytics um, to really um, um, help them plan and help them deploy those assets more effectively to really save dollars. One of the things I've been reading about recently in, in some of these fields is that there are shortages of workers, whether it's fleet drivers, things along those lines. How can improved efficiency really help try to tackle that problem? Well, that, that's a great question. And, and, and here's the real-world uh, use cases. We, we, have a, we have a customer um, called MISO, and they're a mobile equipment uh, maintenance and management uh, company. Um, their challenge is finding the proper uh, technicians out in the world to be able to do the work. And as their technicians are aging, um, they're, what, they're, what they're also finding is a gap in knowledge with the younger technicians in terms of the experience. So one of the things that we're doing by combining, by integrating and deploying IoT in, in real time, we can start capturing data from these assets and machines and the equipment bring that data back, and then rather have having 50 senior technicians out in the world, we can have one or two technicians sitting in a command and control center and really leveraging their knowledge to the younger staff so that are out doing the, the work. And we can really integrate uh, our solutions with our mobile apps to really start giving, you know, leveraging labor force more effectively by, by having a shared collaborative knowledge base about all the, the assets and the maintenance and the things that go with that. So we're seeing some really strong um, ROI in terms of uh, uh, labor costs in, in terms of uh, what it costs to maintain, inspect, and operate, uh, um, operate these assets. Right, absolutely. And you mentioned ROI, and, and that kind of brings to mind the idea that when you improve efficiency and productivity and, and, and that sort of thing, you're, you're enabling a company, I suppose, to, um, to say that this is the kind of thing that, that definitely would pay for itself over time because you, you, you having increased efficiency and productivity. And so you're, you're making that back uh, over, over a period of time that is uh, beneficial to the overall health of the company. That, that's correct. So, I mean, we're almost, uh, almost overnight. The ROI is there for these, these type, these, the types of equipment that we support. So we're talking about massive uh, pieces of equipment, very expensive equipment to not just purchase or lease, but also to maintain. So when we talk about deploying and you know, almost overnight, reducing your fuel spend by 15 to 20 percent, uh, extending the useful life of the asset by 20 to 25 percent, um, you know, gaining productivity out of the asset in, in the range of you know, uh, uh, 20 to 30 percent in terms of how we're uh, leveraging that equipment more effectively. And when you look at uh, real-world numbers, uh, we'll take one of our l larger uh, Fortune, you know, Fortune 500 customers. Um, they're saving, um, and these are real calculated data. They're saving in the area of millions of dollars on a hundred million dollar budget. So they're, they're they're reducing their their maintenance and their labor budgets on on, on their asset plans by you know 10, 15 percent on an annual basis, and that represents from an ROI perspective. You know, in the eight, nine, nine hundred percent range in terms of the ROI, very, very fast. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and can you give me an example of how uh, industrial IoT and, and the solutions that you're providing can help and benefit in the area of customer service? Absolutely. That, that, and that's a great question. And we spend a lot of time on creating a more connected customer. And when I say connected customer, is we have all this real time data being processed from the field, and we also integrate it back into the enterprise, whether it's uh, uh, Salesforce or 
an ERP system or another CRM system, um, what we see the value is creating a much more connected customer. When I say a connected customer, we have real-time data that they want to have access to. And if we can push that data out to those customers so they have access to things like, hey, where is my equipment that I uh, leased um, from, um, from Lepo? Where's that equipment located? How's it behaving? Is it being maintained properly by my third-party contractors? Is somebody on site right now, and is it being utilized properly? If I can give that data back to the customer, and they have that insight, that does a couple of things. It in improves their um, uh, access to data, of course, and ability to make decisions, but it also, it also makes them sticky. They, they want that data. They want to stay with our customers. And one thing we're doing, Tyler, is trying to create that ecosystem of, of, of a construction company and a, a equipment rental company and their customers, how do we create the ecosystem so that we can collaborate and uh, coordinate our services much more effectively? So the connected customer experience is extremely important, not just where my things are, but when are, are they on site now? How long were they there? What's the ETA to this next, uh, what's the ETA to uh, my, my building or my uh, facility? Um, that's all critical information that we push out near real time to create that connected uh, experience. When we're talking about this sort of thing and, and talking about some of the industries that you work in, I think that at times there can be uh, an old school mindset of this is how things have always been done. Do you ever run up against that? And what's your, what's your common response to uh, people that kind of like the old school way of doing things and are, are a little more resistant to change? Do you come up against that? And then what's your response? You know, it's funny. Um, it, interesting enough, we come up against it. But Tyler, we don't, it, we don't see it as much as you, we, we would have thought or would have, uh, um, or uh, that you would think. Right. Um, what we're seeing is um, kind of the the next generation of leadership and management coming up through our target markets in terms of uh, construction and transportation, equipment rental, uh, even in on the public work side and the on the city and the public sector side. We're seeing kind of the next generation of leadership and management coming up, and it's just I think we're just at that. Um, uh, point on the curve in terms of uh, the, the the leadership and the managers coming up from you know uh, th uh, through the you know growing through the company they're more technology savvy they 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 understand that uh, it's a much more competitive world out out there they're looking for competitive differentiate uh, differentiators uh, they know that uh, t uh, they 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 understand that technology can really uh, add some substantial value um, so. We see it, but um, we're not seeing that as much as that, uh, that, that, that you would think, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tim, you're a guy, and I, I, I don't want to reveal anything about, uh, you know, give away too much or whatever, but you've been in this industry for a long time, right? And you've gotten to see some of the rise and falls of things. And how has that helped prepare you, I suppose, for an industry that, that you know, has its ups and downs and that sort of thing? And, and how does that help you with a vision towards the future? Well, great question. You know, so Tyler, you know, like as you mentioned, I've been <clears throat> in the technology space, really in this type of space for over 25 years. So I've seen, um, you know, in the 90s, um, um, you know, this custom systems integration efforts of, you know, trying to bring data together to SCADA systems and other types of systems. I've, you know, lived through the machine-to-machine -machine, uh, world. And now we're kind of moving into the, you know, the, the fourth revolution, the, you know, the fourth industrial revolution in terms of digital transformation and connected devices. So the, the, the intent has always been the same, but what's happened over the past five years really um, within the industry, which has been a game changer that um, is really what's driving uh, much of this, 
is really the standardization of, uh, of protocols and standards that allow us to connect and communicate uh, uh, data from a device or sensor or a machine. And then, so not just to bring that data back, but the, the uh, increased options around communication infrastructure. So you can eat now what we what we couldn't do five or six years ago. You know, we didn't have uh, wide you know wide area networks or low powered wide area networks like Zigbee, Zigbee and Sigfox. We didn't have uh, you know cellular data was still kind of expensive. Bluetooth was coming out, but we weren't leveraging it on a, on the commercial industrial side. So there's um, the advent of these communication the, the, these new communication infrastructure. You know, and not to, not even to, to think about five what five G is going to do. When, when that's deployed, but um, so we have this advent of these um, new standards and protocols that we can support so we can connect a lot of different things pretty effectively from a product standpoint. And then more importantly, we have a lot of options to bring that data back from a communication perspective. So now it's really being focused, what used to be focused on the hardware and communication uh, infrastructure. Now it's all, all about the data, all about the software, all about predictive analytics and machine learning. So, and that's really where the value is. So it's an interesting time for, our, uh, for this industry and kind of uh, th those companies that are building really vertical packages that solve very specific use cases. So, and that's really where we play. That's, uh, that's our, uh, our focus and kind of the sandbox that we're playing in. For sure. And you, you mentioned just that this has been a period of um, rapid innovation. And uh, then you mentioned 5G, which seems to be the next thing on the horizon. What excites you about that potentially? And how does that uh, open up a whole new world of possibilities for you? So uh, let's talk, uh, look at 5G. So 5G will move data uh, 100 times faster than 4G. So let, let's think about that. So now we're talking about opportunities to stream data, not just uh, small data. We're now ha talking about how can we stream live data, big data in near real, in real time. So now we're talking about streaming video from a, from a machine, from a vehicle, uh, from out in, the work, uh, out in the workforce. Now we're talking about uh, really leveraging things like augmented reality with uh, real-time video chat, real-time video movements of data. So this is just the, the massive amounts of data that can be moved over uh, within the 5G network is going to be a game changer, changer in terms of the use cases that we can support. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of what you guys do is um, education in terms of explaining to people, hey, look, this is possible. You might not have thought that this is something that's possible, but it is. How much of that is is uh, a part of what you guys do on a regular basis, just teaching people and showing people exactly what's possible and how it can benefit them specifically? Tyler, I think that's kind of, if that's not on the sales side and our go-to-market strategy, that's probably our single number one uh, area of focus. And keep in mind, we, we talk about IoT. We have customers that don't even know what IoT is. They don't know what it stands for, but they have problems that IoT solves. So um, when we explain it to them and educate them on, number one, the value and kind of the, the, how it can impact their business and impact the bottom line and uh, improve customer service and uh, do the things that they need to do, um, when we talk to... You know, when, when we educate them that it's not a four-year systems integration effort, it's not a multi-million-dollar project to get started. It's, there's low risk in terms of uh, the the implementation or the uh, uh, onboarding of the solution. When they start learning that, oh wow, you know, that's plug and play. I just plug it in and it starts working. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, literally by the time they walk back to their to their desk from the say from the yard, 
they're monitoring, managing their very expensive machines and equipment almost within within seconds. So it's a, uh, it's a uh, when we educate them and demonstrate that to them, their their eyes really open, and then it becomes uh, um, kind of what do they want to do with the data from a uh, from a business perspective and how they apply it within their uh, internal uh, operational uh, uh, framework. Is is there a company or a specific solution that you've provided that really uh, maybe stands out in your mind? I know you've worked with a lot of people and th- there's been a lot of uh, exciting things that you guys have gotten to do, but is there one that stands out in your mind as particularly uh, exciting because of what you got to do and how it opened up a whole new world for a company? Yeah, yeah, there, there is. And um, our one of our uh, r- uh, really uh, champion customers called Miso, and I mentioned them earlier. Yeah. Um, they were on an older, outdated platform. They attended one of our IoT webinars three years ago. They didn't think a solution like us existed. Um, uh, they were shocked to find out that um, we can bring in all these different types of asset classes with all these different types of uh, diagnostic, utilization, location-based data, and then process that very quickly. They, they didn't realize that, was, that was, something was out there like us. So we built a relationship with them and uh, completely really redesigned how they deploy their services and how they support their customers from a, a maintenance and uh, uh, equipment management perspective. So now they're using their mobile apps to, you know, to f- not just uh, update work orders and inspections and do work that uh, they need to get done on a, on a mobile app, but they're also now using that uh, data to identify and optimize what customers to visit, what um, maintenance uh, programs to implement predictively. Um, they're now also providing that same solution to all their customers. So now that they've created a much more connected customer and uh, really transformed their business. And uh, they're now starting to really roll out our solution um, to all their customers. And it's been um, a really... Um, a significant improvement to um, to th- both their operations as well as their customer uh, service, and um, the, the data is not in yet, but uh, we're we're anticipating significant increased revenues by being more effective and efficient with both the equipment uh, and the service technicians that are out out in the world doing their jobs. Yeah, and that's a really powerful example, just how they have become, I guess, think tech disciples almost, you know, uh, spreading it to their clients as well, just to, um, I guess, explain that, that what you guys do is is powerful and is transformative for a business. That's a pretty, uh, pretty awesome case study, just to look at what you were able to provide for them and then how they've turned it around and, uh, and are explaining it to their clients as well is, uh, has to be a pretty rewarding and cool thing for you. Uh, we're super excited, and they're also a, a great example of how we work with our customers. Um, we really like to work from the from the ground up and really understand what does the customer really want, and then really work with them to say, let's build that into the solution. Let's put that on the roadmap and get that out in the out in the world because it solves real problems that real users need, not something that we think is sexy or that uh, that we think is just a good idea te- uh, technically or architecturally. But what do the real users want? And they've been a great champion working with us to really help and guide us with, uh, on that. And at the end of the day, our customers are the subject matter experts. You know, um, they know what they want. They know the business. And uh, they're teaching us every day. And uh, we know technology. We know IoT. And we know how to build it. So it really becomes a great partnership. And we've, uh, thankfully, we have 40 to 50 
customers like that that are really helping us and partnering with us. So we're very excited about that. I really like what you said, solving real problems for real users. That just uh, that drives the uh, that drives the whole thing home. So Tim Quinn, CEO of ThinkTech, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, man. Thank you, Tyler. Enjoyed it.